Please take your Bibles and turn together now to Psalm 28. Psalm 28, taking a brief break from our look at the life of Elijah. And we are going to look tonight at Psalm 28. Uh, You might see the title, that's not original, but the title here in my Bible, The Lord is My Strength and My Shield. That's fitting uh, because one of the key verses is verse 7. Uh, where the psalmist says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. We're going to read this psalm and consider it together tonight. There is an outline in your bulletin if you would like to use that. But once again, please give your attention to the word of God. Psalm 28 of David. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord. For he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people. And bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Amen. Let's look to the Lord together in prayer. Father, we ask that you would be our shepherd and carry us even now as we hear your word. Lord, you are our rock. You are our refuge. You are the God who hears us and helps us. So, Lord, give us understanding and faith now as we hear your word together. Uh, Lord, as we have just sung, you are uh, the Lord, the merciful God, full of grace, slow to wrath, abounding in truth and in love. And we pray that by faith and through your word, uh, by your spirit's work in our heart, we might grasp more of your truth and your love tonight from your word. And so, Lord, use your word in us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever feel in need and weak? Do you ever feel alone? Do you ever feel that you need help, but there is no one who can help? There's no one who will listen. There's no one who really knows you. And has the right answer for you. And has really what you need. 
Well, in Psalm 28, David needed help. David was weak. But David wasn't hopeless, and David really was not all alone. In one sense, everything was not okay for him, but by faith and by prayer, because of his God, everything was okay. David received help and he received hope because he asked for it. He cried out to the Lord who was his rock. And God heard him and God helped him. And this psalm ought to be a great encouragement to you and to I as we enter into David's crisis and we hear his prayer and we see God's answer. This psalm is a call and an encouragement uh, to you and to me to do the same thing, to cry out to the Lord, to turn to him, to know that as his people, you are not alone. We are not alone. We are not without help and without hope in this world, even when we are weak and needy and afflicted, Uh, no matter what you may need. No matter how weak and afraid and alone and hurting and helpless and lost you might feel. You can always cry out to the Lord. You must cry out to the Lord. And he will hear you and he will help you. And he will hear you and help you because of Jesus who is your savior and who is your shepherd. He will be your strength and your shield as he was for David. And so the call and the encouragement from Psalm 28 tonight is simple, and yet it is profound. That is that you and I must cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Call upon the Lord. Turn to him in prayer and with faith. Because he hears his people and he helps his people. Cry out to the Lord because he will hear and he will help. He will hear and help because of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our rock, who is our mediator, who is our strength and our shepherd. Well, let's consider this more in depth tonight from Psalm 28. And to do so, I want to consider four points uh, to move us through this psalm. I want to consider the psalmist's cry, uh, his concern, his comfort, and then finally his confidence. And so let's start by considering the psalmist's cry. Look again with me at verse 1 and 2. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. David is crying out here because he needs help. He is in distress. In one way or another, he is in great need. And no particular reason or circumstance is mentioned here. We don't know what he needs help with. We don't know what the problem is. But this means this psalm is really suitable for so many different times and needs of the people of God. Whether they're physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs... That David needs help, and all of us can relate to that. This is really the starting point of, of true prayer. 
a sense of need, knowing that we need help, knowing that we need God, that we are not autonomous and independent, that we can't do life on our own. Brothers and sisters, are you honest about this? Are you honest about your needs? Do you admit that you need help? Uh, Do you voice that to God? Do you cry out to him in prayer? David starts by acknowledging that he needs help. But then what? Where does he turn for help? Well, it's obvious here. He turns to the Lord. Two times he says, to you, O Lord, I call. Verse 1 and verse 2, I cried to you for help. David turns to to you. The you here is God. He turns to his God. He turns to God's sanctuary. Our tendency, however, as humans is often to turn elsewhere, to look elsewhere, to turn to ourselves, to turn to others, to turn to to things and not to God. But notice David turns to the Lord and cries out to the Lord. And and notice he's not turning to a distant deity or power. He's not turning to a religious idea. He's not going through religious formula or motions. He's turning to a person, to a personal, real, close source of help. Uh, He speaks of God here as his rock, his rock. God was his God. He was his rock, his strong, secure, fixed, unmoving defense and refuge. And in verse 2, David really moves into the very presence of God. It's as though he's looking God in the face and pleading with him for help. Verse 2, hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands... Towards your most holy sanctuary. David speaks of lifting up his hands. That's a a posture of need. A posture of crying out for help. Think about what a child does. A little child does when it needs help. When it needs its mother or father. It raises its hands and cries out to them for help. And David lifts his hands towards what he says here is God's most holy sanctuary. I think he's referencing the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. That's where God's presence was particularly fixed with his people on earth. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the mercy seat was. David is crying out to God here. He's straining towards the holy, merciful presence of God. That inner sanctuary that was only visited once a year by the high priest. That's where the blood of the atonement was carried in and sprinkled on the mercy seat. David has this in mind as he's longing for God's holy presence, as he's wanting to enter into God's presence in prayer. He knows that he needs mercy. He knows he's a sinner. He knows that he needs sacrificial blood to cover his sins. He needs a priest, a mediator. And it's ultimately Jesus who he needs It's Jesus who is yet to come who would fill that need. And think about how Jesus is in the holy sanctuary of God right now, the the presence of God right now as our high priest, as our sacrifice. Think about how his blood was 
shed for sinners, and we'll consider that later tonight in the Lord's Supper, so that we can cry out to God, so that we can come into his presence. It is Jesus who reconciles us, that opens God's holy sanctuary to us. And David ultimately goes through Christ to God. You and I go through Jesus Christ to God. We get into his presence only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Face to face with him. And we can cry out to him. And so we see here how prayer, this prayer is such a personal, close, intimate crying out to God. Crying out with reverence and awe and humility before a holy God, but also crying out with boldness and familiarity because David knows he belongs to God. He belongs in God's presence because of the coming Christ. Brothers and sisters, is this how you come to the Lord in prayer? As a child covered by Christ's blood, with a real close relationship with your rock, with your God. This is how David cries out to the Lord. He wants God to hear. He means it. He wants God not to be deaf to him. He wants God to answer and reply and not be silent. He needs God's mercy and his help. There's nothing wooden about this prayer. There's nothing forced or rote about this. For David, prayer is not a religious formality or a simple ritual duty. It's not a request form that he submitted and then waited for a reply. For David, it was a lifeline. It it was a gift. It was an open door. And it is this way for us as well, an open door for real people to cry out to the real God with real needs, asking for real help through Jesus. And David cries out to the Lord because there is no alternative. He says, if you be silent, I'll become like those who go down to the pit. If you don't hear and help God, I'm done for. I'm lost. And he's not being overly dramatic here. He's being realistic. He's saying, God, I am hopeless without you. I will die without you. I'm lost without you. And the same is true for us. We need to pray with the same intensity and urgency, crying out to God when we are in need through Jesus Christ, knowing that he will hear and he will help. And that leads us then second tonight to consider David's concern. David's concern. Look look with me again at verse 3. This prayer moves to verse 3 to this point do not drag me off with the wicked with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts david expresses to the lord here that he's troubled by the wicked by the workers of evil by hypocrites by the deceitful who disregard the lord and he, he's really saying god i'm not one of them don't lump me in with them Don't punish me with them. And this might seem rather odd uh, that this comes up at this point in his prayer. But when we're afflicted or when we're in need, when we are weak, we can feel like God has forgotten us. We can feel like he views us or he's treating us 
just like everyone else, like the godless world. And that's David's concern here, it would seem. We need to understand David is not being proud. He's not being self-righteous. He's not claiming innocence. But rather, he knows that he belongs to the Lord. He's part of the redeemed people of God. He's a recipient of God's mercy. He doesn't belong with the wicked, with the unrepentant world who, who are workers of evil and deniers of God. He goes on in verse 4 to pray for justice, to ask God for his just punishment on them according to what they deserve. And we can be a little bit shocked or, or turned off by this sort of language that we encounter in the Psalter. That we can try to tame it. But think about in this context, think about how David is a king. Think about how evil is real. Uh, this is not an angry cry for personal revenge. This is not some private rivalry or hatred for those he doesn't like. This is the king calling on God to be king, calling on God to be a just judge, to render fair judgment. David would be a poor king if he didn't believe in good and evil, if he didn't believe in punishing evil and restraining wickedness. God would not be good if he ignored and overlooked evil, if he didn't hold his creatures accountable for their actions. And David is acknowledging all this and, and asking, Lord, give them justice. But then his prayer moves to this bold statement in verse 5. Look at verse 5. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. Those who don't regard God and his works, his works of creation, his work of, of daily providence, his work in this world, his, his work of redemption, his work of revealing himself in his word. Those who disregard these works of God, they will not get away with it ultimately, is what he's saying in verse 5. They will not prosper. This will not work out well for them. They will be torn down. And when you need help and when you are weak as David found himself here. It can be easy to look around and think the world has it easy. Uh, following the Lord is, is so hard and it doesn't seem to be helping. But what he's expressing here is that disregarding the Lord and his works, doing evil does not end well. And that's what he verbally expresses here. That's what he's coming to realize even as he prays. He doesn't stifle his concerns. He doesn't stifle his questions. He doesn't act like he has no fear or he's not troubled by the wicked, but he voices these concerns and burdens to God. And in doing so, he comes to right conclusions. He comes to confidence in the Lord and in God's justice. And brothers and sisters, when you cry out to God in prayer, when you are troubled by the world and all of its wickedness, when you are afraid, remember that God is sitting on his throne. He is a just judge. He will punish evil and evildoers. There is a coming judgment. There is a coming end to all evil 
and suffering. And if you are in Christ by faith, if you are trusting in the Lord, if your faith is in Jesus, then Jesus paid the penalty for you. What will be true of the wicked will not be true of you because you are righteous in the sight of God through Christ. And your end will be peace and life and blessing, not destruction, not being torn down with the wicked. And so you can move from concern and and voicing those concerns to confidence and even comfort as David does. And that leads us then third tonight to consider David's comfort. Comfort. Look again with me at verse 6 and 7. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Remember David's cry at the beginning of the psalm, the end of verse 2. Hear my voice, hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands. Well, what is he saying now? He has heard. He has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy, and I am helped. David cried out for help, and he's saying now he has helped. David asked to be heard, and as he says here, he has been heard. And so he is comforted, and he is able now to praise, to bless the Lord. David was weak and needy, but he's expressing here, the Lord is my strength. He was afraid, he was worried, but he says here, the Lord is my shield. Kids, think about a shield. What does a shield do? It surrounds you, it protects you, it deflects the attacks of the enemy, it keeps you from harm. God is his shield. God shields David. God shields his people. He shields you if your faith is in him. And that brings great comfort to David and ought to comfort you and me as well. And so he says his heart trusts in the Lord. It's not an outward or hollow trust. It's not, well, I have to trust in God because I'm David. I have to trust in him because I'm king, because I'm, because I'm an Israelite. No, his heart had cried out to the Lord. His heart had unburdened itself to the Lord. And now his heart is enabled to trust. And because his heart is trusting in God, his heart could also exalt. His heart was was freed to be able to then give praise to God with song. David has inner peace and inner joy through faith in God. He was comforted because God was his strength and his shield, his source of help and safety. And now just as he didn't mention his exact need or situation, what prompted this prayer, he also doesn't mention exactly how or when the help came. He doesn't tell us uh, what the answer from God was. And you might wonder as you read or sing this psalm, well, was David actually delivered? Was his prayer answered really quickly? And and if so, how? How did God hear and help? Well, he doesn't record that for us. 
Uh, we, we don't know. But what we do know is what is expressed here, that God is the strength of his people. He is and he always is the shield of his people. And our hearts can trust in him and rest in him. No matter what we need, no matter what our situation may be, God will not forsake us. God will not drag us off with the wicked. He will not ignore us when we cry out to him in faith. He always hears his people. And his help and strength, his shielding will take many different forms. It will come in many different ways. His answers to our cries will come in many different ways. Sometimes it's a very tangible or obvious answer. Sometimes it's visible protection or deliverance, a safety or healing. Sometimes it's a, it's a clear act of love or help from, from someone, from a brother or sister in Christ. And we ought to look for and expect clear and tangible help from God. But sometimes help comes in more subtle forms. Sometimes it's, it's simply the subtle form of faith. Simply being enabled to trust in God. God working in our hearts so that we trust him. God enabling us to rest in his care and where he has us. Helping our needy, weak hearts to rest and to fix our eyes on him. To find strength outside of ourselves and in him. Sometimes he helps us simply by giving us an inner peace and calm by his spirit, uh, by the promises of his word, uh, by giving us clarity or direction of mind. A certain promise uh, comforts us or directs us. Uh, He often helps his people through his people, through the church. Sometimes he helps his people by by the very act of prayer. And the prayer to the Lord itself brings peace and brings rest and brings help because it turns our eyes to the one who is our help and our rock. God helps us in many ways. And he helps us in the way that is best for us, in the way that we need at that time. And so when you cry out to the Lord, there is real comfort to be found in him. Brothers and sisters, there is comfort to be found in him because Christ is ultimately our shield and our strength. That's who David was ultimately finding comfort and peace in. That's who would ultimately be David's strength and shield. And so take comfort in that. Take comfort in in him. Think of those pictures, those images of Christ being your shield and your strength. Let your heart Trust in him. Take comfort in his hearing and his helping in his perfect way and time. Well, that leads us then to where David ends uh, in this psalm, fourth and finally, uh, which is with confidence. Confidence. Look with me at verse 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9 say, The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. At the end of the psalm, David's thoughts move beyond himself uh, to his people, to the people of God. If God is his strength, 
and his help, then he knows he is also and he, he will be the strength and help of his people. Uh, he has been David's saving refuge. David is the anointed. He's the king. And so he is also the saving refuge of his people. And so his prayer ends with a confident, expectant prayer for the people of God, for them to be saved, for them to be blessed by the Lord. And David, the shepherd, David now the earthly shepherd as king, calls upon the great shepherd here, calls upon God to shepherd his people and to pick them up and carry them forever. He's saying, God, you have saved me. You've helped me. You've been my strength. Now also be the strength of your people. Save and shepherd them. Carry them as you have carried me. And what a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful picture this is. God as the shepherd of his people. Not just leading them, but carrying them. Lifting them up. Carrying them forever. Leading, protecting, guiding, feeding, carrying them. Never failing, never stopping, never leaving them, but shepherding them and carrying them forever in and through whatever. Now the modern Western church might have stopped this psalm at the end of verse 7. And it's over focus on the self and the individual But David continues on in this psalm and in his prayer because he knows he's a part of God's people. He is not ultimate. His personal help and peace that he's found in the Lord leads him to think of the church, leads him to think of the collective people of God. And he prays with confidence for them, knowing God will save them, knowing God will shepherd them. He will not fail them. He will carry his people forever. And as you look at these verses, verses 8 and 9, I want you to think about how Jesus is the ultimate answer to this prayer, this expectant prayer of David. Jesus is the ultimate anointed one, the Davidic king. God was his refuge as the anointed one. God answered when he cried, He was raised from the dead and exalted as king forever to live and reign for the good of his people. And he was the shepherd. He is the shepherd of his people who carries them forever. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. Jesus will carry you. Jesus does carry you. He carries you forever if you are his, if your faith is in him. And like David, he too prays for his people. He intercedes for you. He pleads for you before his father. And so our ultimate confidence, your ultimate confidence in prayer and in life and in all of your needs is Christ. It must be Jesus. He has prayed for you. He is praying for you. He, not 
David is the final, ultimate, anointed king. And he is your shepherd who does carry you, who will carry you forever, who has saved you by his own shed blood. And that leads us then to just a final a few points of application as we bring our look at to Psalm 28 to an end. How can we apply this to our lives tonight? Well, first of all, you need to recognize that you will need help. You will feel weak in this life. You will find yourself at points where David found himself. And David was a mighty man. He was a man after God's own heart. But in this fallen world, David knew that he had to have help. He had to cry out. And in this fallen world of sin, this is normal. This is to be expected that we as God's people will need his help, that we will have to cry out to the Lord, that we will at times feel lost and alone and afraid. But we have somewhere, we have someone uh, to turn to. And God draws our hearts in these times away from our self-confidence, away from loving this world, and he draws our hearts to him in faith. And so recognize that you will need help. You will feel weak in this life. And that is to be expected. And that is okay because this drives us to the Lord. And that's the second point that I want to press to you tonight. Turn to the Lord. Cry out to him. And when you do so, you need to recognize it may seem at times like he doesn't hear. Or he's not answering. But you need to believe that when you pray with faith, when you pray to your rock, that through Christ he will hear. He does hear you. And as you cry out to him, be honest. Tell him your fears. Tell him your burdens. Tell him honestly your needs and your weakness. David is honest here. He cries from his heart. He doesn't try to cover anything or act like he's strong or he has it all together. He turns to the Lord in weakness and he cries out to him. Our prayers don't have to be long or rehearsed or refined. They have to be honest. Through Jesus crying to our Father, knowing that he already knows us and loves us and knows our needs. Ask him for help. Ask him to hear and believe that he does hear and he helps. Third, tonight, as you cry out to the Lord, remember God's help is not always the help that you would exactly want or exactly expect or the help that you think that you need or that you think is best. Remember, God's help doesn't always come in the timing that we would want or expect. His answer is not always the same as yours might be. But as you cry out to God, knowing he hears and he helps, let him be God. Let him answer in the way he chooses. Knowing that he knows your need even before you cry. Knowing that he is able and willing. And he loves you more than you can even comprehend. Knowing that he is your shield. And he is your strength. 
And that leads then to a fourth and final point, and that is, brothers and sisters, let your shepherd carry you. Let your shepherd carry you. David's prayer here, be their shepherd and carry them forever. Brothers and sisters, rest in his arms. Rest in the arms of Jesus. Believe that he is your shepherd and he will be your shepherd. He is your strength. He will carry you forever. He is carrying you. He doesn't drop his sheep. He doesn't lose any one of his sheep. He never stops shepherding them and carrying them. He is carrying you in his arms tonight if your faith is in him. He is your rock. And so trust in him. Rest in him. Be carried by him. And take great comfort in that. Take comfort in him. And because he will carry you and he is carrying you forever, you can be sure that he will carry you forever. He will carry you to that final day where there will be no more crying out, no more tears, no more trials, no more needs. But until that day comes, as he carries you, keep your eyes on him. Uh, Keep crying out to the Lord because he will hear and he will help. He will shepherd you and he will continue to carry you forever. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we recognize that in some ways we have just scratched the surface of all that is here. But we pray, Lord, that you would press your truth into our hearts. That you would drive out distractions. And Lord, that you would make us know and believe that you are our shepherd. And that you do carry us. That you hear us. That you help us. That our prayers and our cries do not fall on deaf ears. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that it is only because of him that you do not carry us off with the wicked and and treat us as our sins deserve. And so we praise you and thank you for Jesus. We pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on him. Lord, we pray that you would be our strength and our shield as you have promised and as you have pictured for us here in your word. Lord, teach us to cry out to you and to expect your help and your answer. We do pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.